0: with me That's awesome i mean besides the fact that then i started researching i'm like oh my god he's from Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> this is my buddy here yeah okay so mr tucker how are you doing today
1: i'm doing great and you I'm,
0: I'm doing fabulous now that i've gotten to meet up with you yes how was your experience doing harvey
1: Ooh. well my experience i had some um some damage to my house, but mine was because of the heavy rains.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It came through my uh, fire, through my chimney, and uh, all that water started to get on my hardwood floors and come through the roof, so I had to kind of soak that up really quick. And then I had water come up through the, uh, into the garage, and my, my home, it never floods over right. there. But nothing compared to the um, the damage that a lot of people, you know, face. My biggest thing, I, I had cabin fever. I can't stay in one place. So I was just driving up and down my street. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I did the same thing. Every day I was going out documenting how, how the water was getting. I
1: was doing that, yeah. I was like,
0: oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had got to the point where I was like, I think we're going to die. I think we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, just accepted it. Just yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Um, I uh, wanted this interview with you because uh, first you're from Cincinnati, and uh, you know we really don't ever hear about people from Cincinnati. You know?
1: No, we don't do we?
0: No, I mean I, I found out uh, Cat Williams was from there, yeah. Avondale area, and then uh,
1: maybe one other person. But
0: yeah, you really don't hear about people from Cincinnati. Well, maybe he
1: hit you to some game. Yeah, Cat Williams. I thought he was from like right there. Avondale, Bayon, but he was in Avondale. Yeah, I think that's he's from Avondale. where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, uh, Avondale and Evanston is is next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a great boxer, Ezra Charles. James Brown uh, lived in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chess Records is was out of Cincinnati. Uh, we had Bootsy Collins, from Cincinnati. I
0: heard that. I was trying to
1: research that. L.A. Reid <laughs> uh, is from Cincinnati. Uh, uh, Dr. T is from Cincinnati. <laughs> you know, um uh, what was it I think Atlantic star a midnight star midnight stars from Cincinnati you know uh, funk the Ohio players oh yeah, yeah. Dayton you know Cincinnati area. so um, there's people that are from the tri-state area mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but it's not a lot I always tell people if you're not from there you won't it's not a place you just go move to <laughs> but uh, they have changed the Over the Rhine area mm-hmm. a lot to mm-hmm. the point I was thinking like, man, I could live down here. It right? is beautiful. If it's like it's like a, 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 a utopia down there,
0: mm-hmm. and it's
1: funny because that used to be a place where a lot of drugs and murders and uh, crime used to happen. And I stayed in an Airbnb. Uh, place down there and when I came outside man it was nothing but white people walking and babies and walking and dogs and I'm like do you know how much blood is on these streets oh and they're just like oh.
0: <laughs> do, do, do.
1: yeah so <laughs> I was just I was like this is, I was just amazed and all of this happened in a matter of three years
0: mm-hmm. when was the last time you were there
1: I was home in uh uh July July. And then I was home again in May.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I, I go back often. I was gonna go for the uh Cincinnati Texans game. Mm. uh, but then my, my nephew backed out on me. <laughs> so I wanted to stay here. Okay. Yeah. I get homesick. I mean this Cincinnati's in my DNA. I
0: oh, so you miss those grippos and B W threes.
1: If you look at my Instagram I got
0: Skyline Chili
1: pictures of grippos <laughs> and oh my god, Skyline Chili.
0: We go, You know Kroger's sell the freaking cans, right?
1: Yeah. I have a funny Skyline Chili story. <laughs> some things are better left in the past.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, <sighs> I'm home maybe two years ago, and I'm hungry. And uh, I passed Skyline Chili.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I said, you know, I'm going to go get some Skyline Chili. So, I, I order it. I get it. I sit down. I eat it. And I wanted to throw all of that up. It was disgusting. And I thought to myself, I used to love this food. Right? But I think my palate has changed. <laughs> changed, yeah. yeah. I still love white castles. Uh
0: yeah, you know, they don't sit right with me sometimes. I just they they're to, good. They're good. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah.
1: But you know, it just whew. And I still like Izzy's. Uh but yeah.
0: Oh, what about Frisch's big boy?
1: Frisches, I you know I haven't had that in probably twenty years. I might have to try that one next. I was afraid <laughs> they used to have the place called Roy Rogers. Uh-huh. Hamburger,s they used to be so good, but they don't make food the way that they used to. No, they do not. They don't use the same ingredients. No. So they don't use fresh stuff. No. You know, there's a lot of it's chemically induced base. So, I don't know. I I used to love Frisches. In school, they used to give us these certificates. If you did good in school, you get a free big boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm afraid to go in the frisbee. He said he afraid. Tastes like <laughs> how skyline chili tastes to
0: me. Oh my goodness! I, you know I don't even eat it that much. I do remember those hot dogs though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, the other thing that um, grabbed my attention about you is um, you had an interest in music, and mm-hmm. it led you to. To visuals yeah, Damn, right because really well, that's sort of the same thing that happened with me you know <laughs> yeah. well, actually i started out with poetry and then i was like i heard erica about doing and i was like well let me try to <laughs> you know to put my stuff to some music and yeah. then i did that and then um i shot my first music video for somebody because i was helping out another artist and i was like when i did that i was like this is what i want to do yeah because you get to do everything with film you could incorporate all of your art and i've always been told just do one thing. And I'm like, I don't want to do one thing. Right, so, right, right. So what was that moment for you, you know, that that made you just give up on music or set it aside? Set and then, aside. You know.
1: Well, here's the story. A lot of people don't know this, but I was a vocalist at first. Mm-hmm. I, I was a singer. The R&B um, group, right. I was in the R&B group. I mean, you did your research. <laughs> we had to deal with Gerald Busby at Motown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been singing all my life. For me, what I do is actually I'm anointed in in what I do. Right. It's a calling. This is what God's placed in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I sung all my life in church. Um, and when I would sing, I would always see colors. Those are visuals I would have in my head. Mm-hmm. So with the group that I had that was in... Uh, I wanted to put our demo together. That's when you had cassette tapes.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I wanted to add an element to our demo that nobody else is doing, and that was what everybody's doing now is putting a visual to our demo. I wanted to show a live performance of us at one of our showcases, and I got a camera uh, here actually at the university, and I edited our performance and the more i shot the more i tried to fix it and edit it the more i was just like hooked and my next door neighbor at my apartments had a camcorder and i would walk around shooting everything with this camcorder all day all night i just like how kids are now but then that wasn't common and um, I did our video, and I could tell that the group wasn't going to go as far as we had, as, as I had hoped. Mm-hmm. And when it kind of imploded, my thing was I was hoping we could get to finish our deal with Gerald Busby to get to the single deal that he was offering us. But before we could get to the single deal, the group broke up. and. Um, I was hoping that we would stay because I was going to ask him for a job. I wanted to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get to that point. Uh, and when the group broke up, uh, I was left with this strong desire to create visuals. Uh, and I kind of got burnt out with the music. And so I had a kid, and I was trying to figure what was the next step. And I said, I was really interested in that the video thing, so I said, you know, I'm gonna try this, the video thing, and I'm gonna actually go to class, mm-hmm. and that's how the whole Dr. T visual thing kind of got birth, and I wanted to be a music video director. So this was around, wow, 97. <laughs> well, I graduated in 97, mm-hmm. but this was around we were doing the music around 92, 93. Mm. Yeah. So, I actually started going to school when I came back around 94.
0: Okay.
1: And that's when I uh, committed to actually getting a degree. You said that's I committed. I came to Texas Southern not thinking I was smart enough to graduate. Mm-hmm. I actually found myself at Texas Southern through uh, some of the professors here that took a personal interest in me and started to massage me as a young man into a man. Dr. Lou Brown and Dr. Reza Pude uh, really pushed me in ways that I didn't think existed for me as as an academic or even as an individual. Uh, and they strengthened me to the point that I actually visualized myself having more and being more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah.
0: So what was your first, I guess, professional video that you did?
1: Hmm, My first professional. uh, Or paying job. Oh, my (laughs) first professional job. Actually, again, like I said, when I was doing it. I tried to do other stuff. I couldn't never. I tried to get a job at Target, and they wouldn't hire me. (laughs)
0: Since <laughs> you and did so, Target,
1: you told them no. Now like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, my first paying job out did the blue. Another stupid thing was uh, at Channel Eleven. I got my first job. I was hired as an editor.
0: So, it was a news station.
1: At a news station. Did you do it? Had
0: you had an internship before that?
1: Never had an intern. Never PA Okay. This again. This is what I tell you about the anointment. I always thought I was good. Um, I got an opportunity to work at Channel 11 because of some work that I showed them through the SHAPE community center Mm -hmm. and when the piece that I did was like a PSA was done the news outlets were there people from HR were there and they all handed me their card (laughs) and my silly butt thought of course you would hand me your car because I'm I'm that dude, right? <laughs> yeah. and,
0: and so That's a Cincinnati attitude. It's a Cincinnati <laughs>
1: attitude. And so uh the people in Shape was like, Yo, you call those the, the news stations? And I'm like, Nah, I ain't calling. I ain't working for the band. <laughs> and oh so God. one of those ladies pulled me to the side and said, You you need to call. And I've always had a high IQ of common sense. And mm-hmm. I said maybe there's something truth <laughs> for what she's saying. So the first one I called was channel eleven and the lady said, Hey, yeah, come on up. Um, can you edit? And I was offended that she asked me can edit. <laughs> I said, can I edit? But this is what I thought in my head, can I edit? I mean, you saw my work, hell yeah I can edit. Mm-hmm. So I said to her, what came my mouth was yes. So she goes, There's a position open in sports, um, and they're looking for a weekend editor. This would be good for you. So I go down to sports, and uh, the, the black guy that was hiring, uh, he asked me, can I edit? And I said, can I edit? Yeah, I can edit. So my head, I'm like getting more and more offended. These people are asking me, can I edit? When y'all call me. I didn't call y'all, right? This is what I'm thinking. That
0: cocky. <laughs> that cocky.
1: So the guy's telling me, you know, look around. How many black faces you see? let I said, well, I saw three. He said well there's about five here <laughs> He said if you come here um, You will have to carry that legacy Because I'm going to hire you I said all the right things right mm-hmm. He says I'm going to hire you But if you mess this up And he used the adjective <laughs> But if you if you mess this up I'm going to come to your house and fire you uh, Fire you. Do you understand me mm-hmm. I said I definitely understood you So he said well can you Can you end it He asked me that again so I couldn't contain myself. I was like, can I edit? I actually said this. Can I edit? Can I edit? May i edit something for you right now. You want me to edit? I'll edit something right now. What do you want? What you want me to edit? <laughs> so he started laughing. He said, okay, don't worry. Cool. They introduced me to Giff Nielsen, uh, Carlton Cole, Matt Musil, and at the time, Butch Alcindor. And they s- hired me. First day. Carlton says, John, grab uh, one of those telops and uh, put it in the edit machine. So I'm like, okay. So I'm looking around like, what's a telop? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. We call them telops. It's beta tape. Grab a tape.
0: Uh,
1: oh, yeah, tape take Oh, no, no. That's just one.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, grab a tape, put it in the machine, and cue it up. So I'm looking. I don't see the tape. <laughs> he was like, that's a beta tape right there John. Mm. He was like what do y'all use? I was like oh VHS. (laughs) Nobody in production uses VHS VHS. right? No. So he said oh okay well this this is a beta tape. You put it go ahead and put it in the machine. So now I'm looking for the machine. He's like this is a beta machine right here. Go ahead and pop it in. So I was like oh. I ain't never seen a baby
0: machine.
1: <laughs> oh, you got the new equipment. <laughs> <laughs> Not the TSU equipment. Well, he goes, go ahead and just cue it up and do your uh, uh, endpoint. point. Uh, I'm looking at this machine that I've never seen, and I'm like, I don't know how to use this. <laughs> he started laughing. He said, okay, let me show you. So I thought to myself, if that dude would have said, yeah, let me see you edit something. I would have messed up up and not (laughs) got that job because I didn't know how to edit. I thought my experience was with the the little, you know, basic beginner edit set that we had at Texas Mm -hmm. Southern, not the professional grade equipment that was used in the industry. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a humbling experience. And so then they come to find out that the lady they all offered me their cars as a courtesy. They weren't offering me their cars like, we want you, please come work. <laughs> so when I called HR and said, Hey, this is John. And she asked me, could I edit? It was because she was trying to get me into, you know, trying to find a place for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And thank God these words didn't come out my mouth. But that's been my, my journey. I've been anointed and getting these opportunities. Uh, to work and, and for my work to to resonate. Uh, I, it's a calling. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. Because like I said, I tried to do other things and uh, it didn't. I couldn't do it. This is the only thing I've been able to do.
0: But well, that's, that, hey, not that many people have been successful at doing what they majored in. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that is truly a blessing within itself. So, What's your... Are you done? Like, do you have any more goals? Or... Oh,
1: just getting started. Well, my goal was, at that time, I wanted to be a music video director. Mm-hmm. This is a t- at a time when a lot of people wasn't doing that. Right. A lot of my peers wanted to be directors and filmmakers, but I wanted to direct music videos. Because I was... I was a musician. My first... When I first came to TSU, I was... My major was music. Mm-hmm. And I changed it to communications. Um... And I was so in love with music that I had a voice. I wanted to create visuals to to music. And I studied uh, people like Hype Williams, uh, Paul Hunter, uh, Brett Ratner. Uh, These guys.
0: You did it on your own?
1: Yeah, yeah. I would watch their work. I would get copies of their uh, VHS tapes of their videos. And I would sit and i watch it frame by frame trying to figure out what they did, you know. And then I would mimic that stuff here with the equipment. It didn't, of course it didn't come out to that level, but it was giving me experience. When I left TSU, uh, my first job was at BET. And uh, I found myself uh, as a producer of a show called Rap City. Mm-hmm. And when I got there... Uh, I really got into the business and into the culture, and um, I was gearing myself up to to leave so that I could start directing music videos.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I did left, um, or when I did leave, uh, that's what I did. Uh, and I was just passionate about it. I think my work resonates because that passionate energy is it it, it resonates through the visual. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people remember, uh, my work, because it has, it has a soul to it.
0: Yes, sir, it does. Yeah. Good storyteller. (laughs) Yes. How you learn that anyways, telling (laughs) stories?
1: (laughs) My cousin used to tell me stories, uh, her husband, my cousin's father used to tell us stories in Detroit. And, uh. I used to always beg him, hey, tell me another story, tell me another story. I thought these were real stories. He was making them up. And so then I would start mimicking him. And I just turned to a storyteller. I mean, your path is kind of defined through your childhood or through experiences that you have in life. Where I am right now in my career is that I'm at the stage where I want to direct uh, film. And so I'm directing my first film um, where setting up promotions for that film now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called too. It's a French New Wave film.
0: I was going to say it but I just couldn't pronounce it so I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't let you do that. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, it's a French New Wave film. I'm still thinking I'm pronouncing it because I, sometimes I say Passantou. Passantou. Uh, Ooh, I like that one. You like <laughs> that one? Maybe <laughs> Shameful Not. Mm-hmm. It's about a brother who is trifling. <laughs> In French it's insignificant. or Insignificant. Mm-hmm. In um, and he is a guy who's living off of his grandfather's Social Security. Uh, his grandfather's dead. <laughs> That's illegal. And he uses people. He's, he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he's arrogant. He's trifling. And his friends around him in, the, in his community, when they see him coming, they're like, it just, it just, they turn the other way. hmm Well, this brother gets drunk one night off a bottle of Cavassier. Wakes up in the morning and speaks pure, eloquent French. Still an ass, but people treat him different because the things that they think he's saying is so profound. Uh, it's it's kind of like when they say a smile can change. Mm-hmm. It's so, so when people are treating him different he starts to take to that he starts to like it he starts to like his position it actually starts to make him actually for the first time in his life want something more out of life uh there's a vagrant who uh because he's he's been discarded by society but he's 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 layered he has he's lived life and he actually speaks french and understands it and he starts to school the lead character on, can't desecrate this language, is as if God's, for women, is as, as if it's God's words to their ears. Mm-hmm. And you can't be calling women bitches and hoes using this beautiful language. Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts to, to teach him uh, and mold him and this character starts to develop and uh, I think It's an urban tale, but it's also with French New Wave uh, sensibilities and techniques. And I think this piece is so important because it shows not only can I direct uh, actor in English and in French, I can also tell story. Mm -hmm. And it's thorough. And this is the vehicle that I'm using to uh, get to that next step of opportunity.
0: You have uh, 100% creative control over it?
1: a trillion percent great oh,
0: control that's awesome
1: too <laughs> yeah that's awesome too yes I have a really great partner Andrew Toscano mm-hmm. who has invested in me and believes in this uh, this dream that we both share in telling these stories and creating content uh, eventually what we're going to, our goal is to create content that we will license and sell the networks And so, you know, I waited, like a lot of my peers in music video, for an opportunity to direct a studio film or direct a project. And uh, it never happened for me. You know, I did some stuff with Warner Brothers, uh, some stuff with BET, uh, but never that opportunity that I was looking forward to uh, have my own film, do my own picture. And so what you have to do is you're always constantly having to reinvent yourself in this business and create a lane for yourself so that you can get noticed for opportunity. And that's what I did. It was like, I sat around for years waiting on my turn instead of creating my turn. Mm-hmm. And I went, I found this pro- uh, property, this script, and uh, I bought it and uh, produced it. And I had some other people join in, help me produce it, uh, and we did this really awesome project that now is we entered into a film festival. So,
0: so it's complete.
1: It's complete. We finished it last month. Well, oh, this okay. Month.
0: Okay. So it's when will it, um summer. when will it be available to the public or well Amazon or it's going to Sundance.
1: <laughs> Sundance. Uh, if we get accepted, so it's already got entered in the Sundance, South by Southwest. Okay. Um, uh, Tribeca Film Festival has been entered. and uh, Is that your enter- first time with Tribeca? It's my first time. Oh, okay, because I've seen
0: it and I was like, I wonder what this is. I've never heard of <laughs>
1: <laughs> this. It's my first time. And so we're going the festival route. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to get exposure and get into the rooms of people that make decisions, and they go to these film festivals mm-hmm. looking for that next talent. Mm -hmm. Uh, after we Berlin Film Festival uh, TIFF, Toronto Film Festival we're entering in all of those Uh, hopefully we'll get in uh, and then we see what happens distributors come to those film festivals looking for content and then our next step after that is once it hit the film festivals then we'll take it on a four city tour and do a premiere Mm -hmm. and uh We'll put that on the bed. Put it up on Amazon. Or put it up on Vimeo, wherever we find it.
0: Netflix and chill.
1: Netflix and <laughs> chill. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> move on to the next one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I, I well, you know what? From one um, Cincinnati person to another, no, I am no. very proud of you, and Thank you. I hope you inspire some of my little cousins still up there. I mean, just let them know that it is possible to make oh, it out of. To make it out of Cincinnati. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Because <laughs> you know what was. I've noticed when people leave, they don't go back, really. They don't. <laughs> like, they don't. don't go back, really. I haven't been back, since really, since 97. I was in the 8th grade when I left, so.
1: <laughs> well, all my family is there. Yeah. I don't have any family in Texas other than my siblings. And uh, it's home. I mean, I love home, but I don't expect people, like I said, you're to not move from there. there. Yeah. You're not moving there. No. Now, they're turning that around, but... Um, it's 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 where I where things make sense for me Mm -hmm. and uh, in telling people how to get out that's one of the reasons why I came back to Texas Southern because I was finding that a lot of students lack the ability to take that degree and get to the next level Mm -hmm. and because I've said time and time again that I've been anointed in what it is that I do Mm -hmm. I felt I I always feel the strong need to to share the information to not hoard it (laughs) and that's part of the reason why I came back to Texas Southern uh, to teach in uh, in the interim making this film uh, to help the next generation surpass any place that I've been uh, and and create a network of, of professionals that can work together and have attachment to this department to help the next generation, you know, come up and keep this department in school communication vibrant and alive. So that's it's twofold. So you
0: just, you're here, you're just staying. Huh? <laughs> no, I mean, I've been here for so long, so I understand. Yeah. I really do. Um, I guess um, the next question that I'll have for you is for aspiring filmmakers whether they're in school or not in school or just trying to be self-taught would you say that there's like one direct path to get to
1: satisfaction
0: absolutely (laughs) Absolutely. degree like i mean versus self like what's the pros and cons for coming to the university and then someone being self-taught or you try to do it on their own because not everybody have the you know option to go to the the school school. yeah
1: well here's the contradiction life's contradiction so I'm gonna throw one out there uh, I don't believe you need a college degree to uh, to do this I'm of yet for somebody to ask to see my degree and I I just completed a master's uh, in, in in June um, but what I do believe is that when you come to a university and you get the opportunity to learn and study then you get the opportunity to build your craft, to work on a skill set, to uh, learn how to manage your time, and to reach deadlines, set goals, and execute deadlines. Uh, it's all a precursor to showing that you can get into something and finish. But you can do the same thing out on the streets. You can go buy you a camera, you can start producing projects, you can start putting things together, content together. Uh, you can start writing stories, you can start shooting your own stories, posting them up now on YouTube where that wasn't there before. I truly believe if YouTube was around when I was a student, or even Twitter, I'd be way further than where I was because we were doing extraordinary work.
0: Mm-hmm. And we
1: were very in tune with our, with our peer group. You
0: mm-hmm. know.
1: And so uh, now with YouTube and social media, you can make yourself create a lane for yourself, uh, but it all comes with hard work and dedication. You, you have to be able to go that extra mile and constantly create content that people are feeling and connected to. And then the powers that be, the HBOs, and the. Uh, Showtimes and the Amazons and the Netflix they'll start seeing your traffic they'll start seeing uh, that you have an audience and then they'll take that and bring you in and make it bigger and connect it to an even bigger audience so you can find a lane for yourself you definitely can you can create still got to learn and study and grow and get the experience you know so it's, it's whatever lane you pick. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right, last question. So let's say um, you're making a movie about yourself. Uh-huh. Who would you have star you? <laughs> would you who go would pull I one of your st- relatives or would you go ahead and get uh would you get somebody to really know you or would you go ahead and get one of them top build movie stars that's hot right uh, in who the house? Never ask me that
1: question. <laughs> okay. So who would I have play me?
0: Then Glover. <laughs> Donald with the Donald Glover? Donald, Donald, Donald Glover. Glover. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, Danny Glob's too old. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, about, he's about eighty. Uh He's
0: still kicking about this he's still kicking.
1: <laughs> Wow, what a great question.
0: Man, I stumped you. Man, I you feel did stump I me. feel special. Because as a director, <laughs> I'm gonna pick a good
1: actor. Right. But the person that keeps coming out in my in my head that I would work with, that I would have play me, is a guy named Travis LeBranch. Travis LeBranch. Travis LeBranch is uh, a really talented upcoming actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, another person, and he's he's starring in my film Possum too. Mm-hmm. But he also has a really big social media following, mm-hmm. uh, Travis LaBranche, because he's brothers to August Alsina. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other person that would play me, it, it who's a good friend of mine, is uh, Jay Farrell. Jay is funny, and we <laughs> prank each other all the time. Uh, he gets my humor. I, I think I, yeah, he gets my humor. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would, Jay would play me. I would play, I would, between Travis. And Jay? And Jay, yeah.
0: So, who will be your co-star?
1: Ooh. <laughs> mm. Who would be my co-star? You know, it was really, uh. I don't
0: know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Who would you suggest?
0: Alright, that's your homework.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I, well I don't yeah. know your entire life story, so I would have to actually see which direction would you go from like childhood to now or would you go from now and then flash back to childhood? Like it depends on how you go about that. Who's gonna yeah, be your right. co star Who would be my
1: co star <laughs> That's Yeah.
0: I that's would your have homework. to do some research. that that's my homework. But Jay
1: or Travis would definitely play me. That's where I would start. That's where I would start. All
0: right. Well, I appreciate your time. I really do. And do you have any word of encouragement for Houstonians or Cincinnatians before we go?
1: Oh, Cincinnatians first. (laughs) First of all, if you guys um, want to um, achieve something, any goal, if if your vision or your dream is to aspire for something greater, the first thing you do, and this is what I did, is set a blueprint can't build a house without a blueprint. You want a beautiful, uh, luxurious home, all of that goes into the blueprint. And so once you set your blueprint, then the builder comes in and they start to work to that, to those plans, right? So you write down your goals and your plans and how you're going to get to those goals. And then you start checking those lists off. And before you know it, you'll be on a flight (laughs) out of Cincinnati (laughs) to your destination, to your future. And that is the realest thing I could ever tell you. Believe in yourself. Don't let people kill your dreams. One of the things that I did was I just didn't share my dreams with people because they were my dreams. And people could step on them and that hurts. And then if you second guess yourself or doubt yourself, then that dream dies. So I never let my dreams out there for people to kill it, even family. So, um, if but if you got tougher skin, and you can you can use that as fuel for people that are trying to kill your dream. You can use that as fuel and be like, well, I'll show you. However, I mean, that works for you, but it doesn't work without making plans and setting a plan to build your house on a solid foundation, checking off those things you want to do. And catching that flight out of Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) Or wherever you live in your town, USA. Okay. And
0: for Houston?
1: And for Houston, same thing. Same thing. Just set those goals and don't don't bullshit yourself. There's people that actually do a little something and then think they moved a mountain. And you really just played yourself. Because if you're in the same place that you were. When you started the following year, you didn't do nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't use excuses and saying, Well, I don't know how to get to this person or that person. Because I went from Texas Southern to Los Angeles, living in DC, working at BET, moving to New York uh, to Los Angeles, and uh, becoming Dr. Teeth in a, in a, in a totally separate genre and music video. From television, and now I have to reinvent myself to get into this film thing. Constantly have to keep working on reinventing yourself and creating spaces for yourself to, to be successful. You oh don't my have to wait on somebody God. to get in the shot.